Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Shit's getting way too complicated for me. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, February 7, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 748 of the Biden-Harris administration, 637 days until the 24th presidential election. Instagram, the Bob Seska. You should follow me on Instagram. I'm posting videos of me saying things on Instagram. The Bob Seska or the Bob Seska, depending on your vernacular. Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go. Spoutable. Just uh, Bob Seska without the just. I always screw that up. <laughs> Our Patreon is bobseskashow.com. And sitting right over there, it's Buzz Burbank with the news. Play Freebird. You said it all. Hi, good day. Hi, hi, sorry. I got caught up in the music. I wanted to hear Freebird. Ah, well, wait for the phrase that pays, and we'll take requests in the second hour of the show. I see. Well, (laughs) hi, everybody. Uh, Hi, Bob. He's Bob. Uh, I'm Buzz, and we've just raised interest in the show by (laughs) 0.25%. Should I start calling you Janet Yellen? Just by showing up. Janet Burbank. I I need to start, uh, if I may, by apologizing for some of last week's jokes. Uh Uh, And now, as I understand it, uh, some of them went over like a Chinese spy balloon. (laughs) It's a note for you comedy aspiring writers out there. Uh, It's a lead balloon out, Chinese spy balloon in. Exactly. Uh, Over the weekend, we learned uh, Donald Trump had failed to shoot down three Chinese spy balloons while he was in office. Mm -hmm. Uh, The only balloon Trump ever wanted to shoot down is the one with him wearing a diaper. Which I love. That's the greatest thing ever. (laughs) I know. We also learned that a previous Chinese balloons flew over Texas and Florida hoping to pick up intelligence. Mm -hmm. Of course, they didn't find any. (laughs) Sure. You can joke about your family, right? (laughs) here, here in Florida, though, as part of his war on trans people, uh, Ron DeSantis is threatening to force girls in high school sports to report their menstrual cycles. So in some sports, that entirely changes the meaning of first period. Oh, man. Okay. S- send your complaint letters to Michael J. Elston on Twitter. <laughs> if you dare. The man who invented that marshmallowy Easter candy known as Peeps has died at age 98. Uh, the family says he will not be embalmed and buried, but instead allowed to gradually harden. <laughs> That's my favorite one of the day right there. Uh, and psychiatrists and psychologists say the lies of George Santos now have them considering for the first time ever uh, classifying pathological liars 
as mentally ill. Hmm. When they asked Santos for his reaction, he said, that was actually his idea. More fun, more music, the All right, kicking off a brand new week with Rocky Mountain Mike. Lead vocals by the great Mary in Ann Arbor. Here we go. Hi. It was Thursday, half past six. Saw something floating in the sticks. It was round and huge and white. The Chinese itching for a fight. Bang, bang. He shot them down. Bang, bang. (laughs) Not like that clown. Bang, bang. That Brandon sound. Bang, bang. Joe Biden shot it down. <laughs> Fox News and their ilk did whine, saying Biden had no spine. That jive they put upon the shelf. Trump had balloons, three to himself. Bang, bang. We shot that down, bang, bang Oh, how they frown, bang, bang How sweet the sound, bang, bang Their talking point shot down <laughs> All right, Mary yeah. in Ann Arbor and the great Rocky Mountain Mike, of course, Rocky MNT and Mike on Twitter. Yes, indeed. Thanks, kids. And if you follow Rocky Mountain Mike on Twitter, and you should, he tried an experiment with that uh, artificial intelligence. Oh yeah, uh, that that chat GPT or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, and he had he asked it to write a parody song uh, about the balloon from Up, Up and Away, and and then he published the lyrics that AI came up with, and it's horrible. And the good news is Rocky Mountain Mike's job is safe. <laughs> Well, thank God. (laughs) Yeah. Because my job isn't safe. And I'll tell you exactly why. Why? Because AI music, and I'm totally serious when I say this. I think I mentioned this last week. AI music. I'm going to get flooded with AI music submitted by people who aren't recording artists, who aren't musicians, who put in like three words into an app. If they're as crappy as what Mike got out of AI, then I don't think you have anything to worry about either. Well, it's going to get better. That's the thing. And that's the, I'm concerned about how digital music now, Spotify and all the various music platforms are just going to be inundated with hundreds of thousands of AI songs. And Mm. we're not going to be able to know the difference between the real ones and the fake ones. What's a real life human being? What's an AI app? It's just going to be so confusing, and consequently, a lot of us, including myself, I I mean, we're all going to be fooled by this crap. And so there needs to be something, some kind of marker, or I don't know what, I don't know what they can do to say that, okay, this was created by AI. This was not a bunch of musicians in a room or one person in their home studio assembling all the parts, that this was uh, completely digital. This is a fabrication from beginning to end. And most of the time, derivative of other people's work. Right, so, right. And, and I'm, I'm desperately trying to get uh, Rick Beato. He's a, a music YouTuber, one of the most popular uh, YouTubers around. Mm-hmm. Trying to get him back on the show to talk about AI. He did a whole episode about it. I have to admit that in the end, uh, the goal is what I said last week. Uh, they're coming to kill us all. Yes, absolutely. Did you see the video going around Twitter of all of the robots doing calisthenics yes. in unison? 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, the, the march. Yeah, march of the machines, as we called it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, robots are strong, and they eat old people's medicine for fuel. So be careful. <laughs> so the State of the Union tonight. Uh, that's happening. Uh, I don't know what time. Eight, nine o'clock tonight. Some of you will have already seen it by the time you listen to this show. But um, whenever the State of the Union rolls around, I always think of this one bit that I have that I've been yeah. carrying around for. Now it turns out. 20 years. Wow. I have a recording of George W. Bush's 2003 State of the Union. Okay, right. And I don't know if you remember how kooky George W. Bush was. I think we forget because Donald sure. Trump is so kooky, but George Different W. Bush way. was super duper kooky. And this is his, this is a bit of his State of the Union address from 20 years ago, 2003. Mr. Speaker, members of Congress, distinguished <laughs> citizens, and fellow citizens. <laughs> Every year, by law and by custom, we meet here to threaten the world. I told you. The American flag stands for corporate scandals, recession, stock market declines, blackmail, terror, burning with hot irons, dripping acid on the skin, mutilation there, with George. electric drills. That's, I don't know tongues. about it. That does sound right. right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. And rape. Oh, no. Oh, that's not. Our first goal is to show utter contempt for the environment. Yeah. I have sent you a compre- <laughs> oh, yeah. I have sent you a comprehensive energy plan to devastate communities, kill wildlife, and burn away millions of acres of treasured forests. <laughs> hey, hey, it worked. Yeah, it did. Good job. This government is taking unprecedented measures to protect our people and defend our homeland. <laughs> We've begun inoculating troops and first responders against ballistic airports. Good. And this year, we must offer every child in America three nuclear missiles. <laughs> well done, Mr. President. And tonight I have a message for the people of Iraq. Go home and die. <laughs> yeah, that was... Tough words. Touchy <laughs> diplomatic moment. ...and restraint of the United States is not a strategy and it is not an option. See, there you go. You think, oh my God, Trump was crazy, but when, when's the when's the last time uh, the State of the Union speech mattered? Uh, I don't and, know. And, and and I mourn that. I mean, I'm sorry it doesn't matter anymore. It should still, but yeah. what's the point of doing it in an age where uh, you have this childish? Uh, Republican divide. Yeah. And and it, it, I'll be watching the State of the Union speech tonight for one reason and one reason only, because I have every confidence in what Joe Biden has mm -hmm. to say. And I know he's going to try to take a very bipartisan approach tonight. And, yeah. Uh, good luck to us all. But uh, what I'll be watching for is uh, Republican misbehavior during the speech. Oh, of course. Uh, it, it seems like a lock that that's going to happen. And uh, so it's it's watching the race to see which car spins out. Uh, that's that's the only reason I yeah. have for watching a speech that I otherwise have complete confidence in. Yeah, I mean, it's important, I think, just from the perspective of knowing what the Biden agenda is going to be for the next uh, oh, year or so, and, sure. and for, for Joe Biden also to lay out all the accomplishments of his administration, yes. which I think, yeah. as we will discuss during the shadow docket portion of today's show, is so mandatory because there are so many Americans, including Democrats, mm -hmm. who need to start reading the news. 
I mean, I've never seen anything like this where you have a clearly successful presidency with myriad accomplishments and Democrats are like, eh, whatevs, you know. We will will have a lot to say about that in in the shadow docket today. Uh, Yeah, it's it's, uh, another tragic situation. It's one of those things where it reminds me of when Barack Obama was president, especially Obama's first term, where we would hear constant, whining from liberals about, oh, my God, Barack Obama is such a disappointment because, and, oh, my God, I voted for Barack Obama. What has he done for me lately? And it's just, it's so immensely frustrating to see people looking a gift horse in the mouth like that, to understand that we have an historically successful first two years of a presidency here. We have a president, by the way, who is comporting himself with decency and decorum for a change for the first Mm -hmm. time, certainly since Barack Obama and how important that is, how important stability is now set aside, of course, the demagoguery from the Republicans regarding Joe Biden. I like Lauren Boebert was screaming about the barricades they put up around the Capitol and saying, Oh, what's going to happen? Is there, are they worried about Joe Biden wandering off during the address? You know, put all that crap aside among normals, among historians, among anyone who understands what the presidency is all about, Joe Biden is doing a fantastic job. And we're gonna, as I said before, we're going to cover a lot of this in the shadow docket portion of the show as we talk about that outlier Washington Post, ABC News poll. At least I believe it's an outlier because the results of that thing were really disturbing and bizarre. But yeah. Yes. One of the things Joe Biden's going to do tonight is call for a tax on billionaires. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm all for it now. I oh, mean, so since, I, since, but... yeah, since Elon Musk emerged on the Twitter scene, it has put me squarely in the category of supporting a 90% income tax, bringing back that 90% tax bracket for billionaires specifically. Absolutely. And a windfall tax on the oil companies while we're at it, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know that's not part of his proposal tonight, uh, nor do I expect it to be in the near future, but Americans need to start demanding that as well. No one needs $200 billion, do they? I mean, honest to God, would Elon Musk be okay with just $200 million? I think he would. I think anyone would. I think some of the wealthiest people that we could name that we maybe see on television or maybe one of the Real Housewives shows or whatever, they're in the range of, what, 50, 80 million? Um, There's one guy I'm thinking of whose wife is on one of those shows. (laughs) See <laughs> that guy I, with the wife the on, guy on with that the wife show, on the Real Housewives show. Yeah. He's very rich, and and so is she. And and he's only got eighty million dollars. If you knew who I was talking about, you'd be completely blown away by this reference. But I can't, th- <laughs> I can't think of the goddamn <laughs> name of the person. I don't person. watch the Housewives. I okay, don't all right. Well, some people I, who I do didn't know you. I didn't know. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> some people who do will get it from my clues because that's. <laughs> I can't come up with a name right now. It's I'll Tuesday. Say no more. Yeah, it's the Tuesday show. What can I say? Yeah, according to Bloomberg, President Biden will call for quadrupling the levy on corporate stock buybacks and renew his calls for a minimum tax on billionaires during his State of the Union address tonight. The administration is issuing proposed guidance, quote, to ensure construction materials from copper and aluminum to fiber optic cable, lumber, and drywall 
are made in America. There. And that creates jobs, obviously, uh, in the United States. Uh, and, and that's really uh, what this uh, one of the great effects of this, of, of, of not only fixing the infrastructure, but, but providing all these really good construction jobs. Yeah. Yeah. He's also going to call for expanding a uh, $35 a month price cap on insulin that he championed to right. all Americans, good. not just for good. Medicare recipients. So I'll be interested to see if... Uh, if the Republicans applaud this plan to make sure that construction materials come from America, I, mm -hmm. I doubt they will just because they're that awful. They're that ridiculous. They're that childish. They can't be seen as applauding uh, Joe Biden for any reason whatsoever. That would be the, yeah, that's what we expect. I think he's going to try to pull applause out of them. And uh, traditionally, he might get a little at first, but uh, it's after that that the, the moaning and groaning will start, I suspect. Exactly. And also, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is doing the response tonight. Yes. Um, I, I hope it's as embarrassing as some of the previous ones. <laughs> I'm sure it will be in its yeah. own way, if nothing else. What is it about the response to the State of the Union? Why are they unable to get it right? Uh, because every time, and, and it's almost uh, bipartisan this way, for some reason, the way it's set up, or maybe they're, they take too long between starting the shot and the, whoever's delivering the re remarks <laughs> to start awkward, talking. Yes. Yeah, it was like I mean, when Bobby Jindal. Yeah, you're on. Exactly. Start, go, go. It was like when Bobby Jindal was on and he did that slow walk toward the camera right. that seemed to take an hour and a half before he <laughs> started talking. And so there's something well, about, I don't know what it is. I guess it's in contrast. Maybe if it wasn't preceded by such hoopla where you're in the House chamber, there are those big applause breaks. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States and, and the procession down the center aisle and all of that. Maybe it's just a matter of thinking, well, okay, well, nothing's going <laughs> to reach that level of fever pitch. The, you know? the response, no matter which party it comes from, is a non sequitur because it's recorded in advance and uh, frequently doesn't uh, touch on the same topics as the as the State of the Union address that preceded it. It's yeah. it's all gotten rather silly, actually, and I, I'm finding it difficult to take uh, State of the Union less ser uh, uh, seriously much anymore because, as you said, it's not going to change any Republican minds. Yeah. Uh, uh, Biden will try to attempt for some bipartisanship on things like the cancer moonshot. He's like, oh, go ahead, I dare you to vote against cancer. Or vote against cancer yeah. uh, cures, uh, you know. Uh, so uh, some things they will go along with, uh, but uh, most of it they're going to see as socialism. Uh, and and uh, even though the government can benefit greatly from the money that it would uh, that it gets from from uh, taxing the rich. Yeah, I, I think there's something else about it though that is important, and it's just a matter of continuity it's just a matter of tradition it's a matter it's one of those things that we've done every year and <laughs> it i think it provides some level of comfort however divided we are right now the level of comfort i think stems from the fact that even though they're constantly beating each other over the heads with shovels it, there's something positive about seeing all the Democrats and all the Republicans and the president and the speaker and the vice president all in the same room together. Yeah. Oh, like I said, I, I mourn yeah. the loss of this institution, but I, I do worry that it is, in fact, lost. I mean, yeah. uh, to 
expect a different result is insanity, right? Exactly. And and this seems to be what we're locked into. (laughs) If things were to change somehow, and and maybe the right speech will come along one day that will change it, but I I don't suspect it'll be tonight. Yeah, I I think also there have been some speeches in the past. Obviously, some of them were speeches to joint sessions like that. Others were inaugural addresses and so on, where, you know, the ask-nots of the, the world of... Of, uh, American oratory and uh, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself things like that um, those are outliers that seldom right. if ever happens yeah. and I think yeah. sadly yeah unfortunately but I think the expectation of meeting that level of quality and that level of historical resonance I think is uh, maybe the wrong expectation to have going. Well, and and there may be somebody out there who's capable of that, uh, but I don't know that Americans are of a mind or a mood to hear it uh, or or recognize it when they see it, which is the aspect I'll be talking about uh, in the uh, shadow docket today when we we talk about uh, how the Biden administration is rated. Well, I think it's also, too, about uh, not just Americans, but people overseas, Because we are still, in spite of our problems, and we've got many, many problems, uh, we are still admired by other nations. Not every nation, certainly not. But by uh, emerging democracies, established democracies, we're still the leaders of the free world, so to speak. And And more so now than three years ago. Yeah. And, And so I think from the stability standpoint of both democracy and our economy, I think it's important for other nations to see us playing nice, even if it's for yeah. an hour. And that's why... Well, and, and I hope we do. Like yeah. I said, I'm, I'm expecting Republican misbehavior tonight. But right, we'll and fuck them for doing that, by the way. Mm-hmm. You never yeah. see... And this is where the both sides thing falls apart with the political press. You never right. see Democrats acting like dipshits during a, a joint session address. Never once did a Democrat stand up and scream, you lie, at Donald mm-hmm. Trump. Even though Donald Trump lied... 30,000 times during his one term as president, 30,000 times, and not one disruption, not uh, one disruptive remark. I think that's obviously not something that is uh, necessarily noteworthy, but I think when we're talking about both sides and the comparison between the Republicans and Democrats, well, there's a great example how the Democrats are the grown-ups and will remain the grown-ups. In spite of their problems, in spite of some things that maybe you might, uh, you know, look down upon the Democrats for, fact of the matter is they are the grownups and they will the adults, continue yeah. to be, yeah, they'll continue to be the adults yeah. in the room. And, and, that's and I'm, not arguing, I'm not arguing for the end of the State of the Union address. I'm yeah. just saying uh, it, it isn't as meaningful as it used to be. And perhaps yeah. it will be again someday, but right now it isn't as meaningful as it used to be because you've got one side that's a nanny nanny boo boo. They're not going to listen to it. And uh, then the other side, of course, uh, fully supports the president. And uh, the bulk of American a bulk of Americans, and this is part of the problem, will not be watching. Certainly, Republican viewers will not be watching uh, as hard as it is to avoid, or they'll uh, hate watch it. They'll they'll watch it for the purpose of hating on Biden. Yeah. But uh, no matter how he frames some of these ideas, uh, Republicans will find a way to to frame it as socialism, and and uh, they they won't. You know, they're not going to budge from where they are. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, so I guess we got to talk about the end of the balloon story. Uh, I'm so glad balloon discourse is starting to uh, 
slowly die off because it was as dumb as you would imagine it to be uh, going in. Um, U.S. officials, by the way, this is according to Jim Scuto. He said uh, U.S. officials say they were able to block the balloon from gathering intelligence during its overflight of the United States. So right, they were able to, check. yeah, able to stop it from doing what it was intended to do. Uh-huh. without shooting it down over populated areas. Right. While the U.S. military was also able to turn the table, so to speak, to gather intel on the balloon itself and its equipment. So overall, and then, of course, Joe Biden shot it down over the Atlantic Ocean. Overall, that is unequivocally a victory. Everything right. was done perfectly. Right. See aforementioned grown-ups in the room. The remnants and the remaining parts that are recovered, and they will be recovered, uh, will uh, reveal uh, perhaps even more intelligence for the U.S. about Chinese technology. Yes. So, naturally, the Republicans behaved like the shit-kicking gomers they are. By... Well, Bob, it gave them a chance to distract from the fact that they're going to trash the economy and you know, <laughs> trash the, yeah. the federal budget. Uh, it, it, this was a oh, thank God, there's a balloon, uh, and, and it got them off. It got them off the uh, the debt limit battle. Oh, exactly. Yeah, at, at right at the correct time for them because I think Joe Biden pulled a rabbit season, duck season on uh, <laughs> Kevin McCarthy in their meeting at the White House. We turned out and said, uh, I mentioned this last week. Bears repeating. And he's like, oh, yeah, had a great meeting with Kevin McCarthy. What a swell guy. He, you know, lots uh-huh. of things, made, made lots of progress. I, I really kind of like Kevin McCarthy. He's a good guy, which yeah. obviously will send all the Republicans and Red Hats and <laughs> the, the entire <laughs> cult into conniptions, totally losing their spadoinkle and all the rest of it. And so the balloon came along just in time. It, it, it was The whole thing was perfectly handled. Oh, yes, of course. But the Republicans all had to posture, put on their gun-toting cosplay, Carrie Lake wearing her camo down in a crouched sort of military-style position with her firearm in Arizona, nowhere near the goddamn balloon. And it wouldn't right. even matter if the balloon was right over Carrie Lake's head. It was flying at about 60,000 feet. That's like close to 12 miles in altitude. If you have a gun that can shoot that high, NASA would like a word with you. Yes. The farthest a bullet can travel into the air, the most powerful bullet, can only reach the altitude of 10,000 feet. Oh, too bad. Yes. So if they had actually tried to shoot it down, like if J.D. Vance had actually tried to shoot it down, as was portrayed in that Mm. photograph of him... They would have missed by 50,000 feet in altitude. It would just and, this, and it sometimes happens on the 4th of July when rednecks shoot their guns into the air to celebrate yeah. uh, that or the new year, whatever the, the occasion may be. Uh, many of them uh, didn't know or had forgotten that what goes up must come down. Yeah. And that a, a, a bullet <laughs> falling from any significant altitude will kill you. Exactly. I mean, don't they know... Red Hats, don't you know that your party leadership specifically is playing you? They are pandering to you. (laughs) Balloon, run for your lives. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole thing with J.D. Vance and Don Jr. and all the rest of them. Let's shoot the balloon down with a bullet. All they're doing is like... LARPing as one of you, and they're not like one of you. They're I not. Say good, <laughs> yeah. I, I say good for Biden. You know, if he shoots down two more, he wins a teddy bear. <laughs> 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 
If it pops three balloons, you get a bear. <laughs> so you can't do it. You can't shoot this no. shit down. No, um, not reasonably, no. Meantime, Donald Trump denied that there were any balloons entering. <laughs> because he didn't know. Because yeah. the U.S. military didn't know. And, and people are scrambling around trying to figure this out. Here, here's, his, as I understand it, and it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. The, the, the military did have reports of these balloons, but they were down as UFOs. They were never identified specifically as Chinese spy balloons. Wow. We, the, the, the military knew they were there, but they didn't seem to pose any threat, and they didn't even know, you know, what the what the sort they were. They were classified as, as unidentified. Uh, <laughs> they were they were literally UFOs. Yes, and so that gets put in a different pile, uh, and and uh, th that's how that happened. That's how it happened that the Pentagon allowed uh, three other balloons to drift over parts of this country or this country's waters in some cases. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, so it it wasn't until just now that we realized, oh, hey, that's it. We we could see it first of all that's a chinese spy balloon and they went back and checked their records and found <laughs> out oh my gosh they've been here before whoops uh yeah and and i i posted uh, you know to uh, just for my own edification i posted the lyrics to uh the song 99 red balloons it was a hit in 1984 yes and i think uh I certainly was not really aware of the lyrics. I thought it was a happy little tune about balloons. But nuclear I'm, war. About but between the between the cocaine and the dancing, I you know I'm not sure a lot of people <laughs> made out the words. But but it's actually a beautiful piece of poetry. And if I may, from the second verse, and this really sums things up: ninety nine red balloons floating in the summer sky. Panic bells, it's red alert. There's something here from somewhere else. The war machine springs to life, opens up one eager eye, focusing it on the sky. The 99 red balloons go by. There was this, wow. this militarization... Uh, among Americans, and uh, you know, I don't know. I, if most people are like me, I I'm not sure they ever were able to make out all the words, even back in the day. And uh, I don't know if they paid. Maybe I'm the only one who didn't pay attention. Uh, but but uh, I think too many people are not aware of, of uh, the lyrics and the importance of them. Uh, look up the lyrics to "99 Red Balloons." It's a beautiful poem uh, in, in and of itself. Aside from being a peppy little tune, we may have to do that as a bit from now on. Buzz Burbank reads lyrics from eight pop songs. <laughs> I'd be happy like, to do that. I was there. <laughs> Broken Wings by Mr. Mister, please. Yeah, what, I, what I'm not going to do is try to give it a dramatic reading like William Shatner. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, Donald Trump said it never happened with us under the Trump administration, and if it right. did, we would have shot it down immediately, sure. he told Fox News Digital. It's disinformation, he said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump loves to say what he would have done if right. he had been president yeah. or not president right. or whatever, because he loves to play that game. Yes. And we're going to talk about that a little more later, because, okay. uh, yeah, I think uh, we need to talk about Mark Pomerantz and the possibility that Donald Trump is too insane to stand trial. Oh, dear. Yeah. And this, I think, dovetails nicely with what he was saying about Ukraine as well, the Ukraine invasion. Uh, but we're going to talk about that later on in the show. And before we get into that, uh, I want to talk about TikTok and the latest regarding bans on the use of TikTok and how this is now bipartisan. I saw a lot of complaining about Greg Abbott and his ban on TikTok for... Now, make sure he's not saying you have to stop using TikTok, you personally at home. He's talking about public employees who work for, the, in this case, the right. Texas government and so on. And I think this is a smart 
Smart move. It's it's Craig Abbott. Yes, I know. He, it seldom happens, <laughs> if ever. But this, I think, it, is a smart it is, move. It, it's Chinese intelligence, and it poses a risk to all government. Plus, uh, Republicans are freaking out about the Sam Smith and Kim Petras performance of Unholy at the Grammys. The sat- music is satanic nonsense has returned from the 1980s to haunt us and to censor our music. And so we're well, going to talk about that, that. That may be, but I think more people are talking about the the look J-Lo was giving Ben Affleck at that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> I don't know. That's a, actually a, a neck-and-neck competition between the Ben Affleck clip and the clip of the performance of Unholy, <laughs> which is actually a pretty good song. I hadn't heard it before, honestly, because I don't listen to uh, modern pop music because I'm old. But it's a great song. And and the performance, I thought, was exactly what the music industry should be doing. Raising eyebrows, pushing the envelope of right. what's uh, acceptable <laughs> in our society. And it worked. They successfully trolled. They <laughs> successfully owned the Republicans, in a sense. So we'll talk about that. Uh, plus, uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, accidentally blamed Trump for spending, for out-of-control spending. We'll talk about that here still to come on the show. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... If you're only listening to the free portion of the Bob Seska show on Apple Podcasts and so on, you're only hearing the first hour of the show. You're only hearing like the first two thirds of the show. There's an additional 30 minutes, well, 20, 30 minutes of show that rolls after the end credits, and it's called The Shadow Docket. That all happens on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Bob Seska show. I just wanted to mention here as I was stalling for time. Some of our brand new subscribers, some of our brand new patrons on our Patreon page. Robert we Collier. Welcome them all. Yes. Yeah, Melissa Peters, Mary Mendonca, Mendonca. Some of these last names I'm going to completely uh, butcher. Deb. I, th- I J- think you got Mary right. Okay. <laughs> That's the easiest part of that one. Susan Havidson. That, see, now that's a tough one. Shoya Rose, Thomas Staley. Uh, Scottsdale Del Steve in Arizona, Kate Moss. I don't think it's the Kate Moss, but I don't care. This Kate Moss is way better. Liz Burns, Chris Essler, David Bershass, uh, Tara Lynn, Sandra, Kelly Schultz, Todd Jacob, and that's as far down as the list will go on my app. Okay, so wow. yes, congratulations. Thank you for welcome signing home. up. Thank, thank you, you and welcome. I can't thank you enough for uh, signing up on our Patreon page. It's very much appreciated. And what we're doing is, if you sign up, you're not just supporting this independent podcast. We're also giving back. We're also giving you lots of bonus content, including the Shadow Docket, which drops every Tuesday and Thursday after the free shows. It's only going to cost you $5 per month, those of you who aren't subscribed yet. So you go to patreon.com slash Show, sign up for $5 a month, the Shadow Docket level. And uh, and you'll love it. You'll love the last like the last act of the show. Some of the funnest stuff uh, happens <laughs> during that uh, portion of the program. We let We're our, usually really drunk by then. Yeah, yeah we, we take off our pants. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Uh, $5 per month, and you're going to be supporting this fully independent podcast. Don't miss out. BobSeskaShow.com, Patreon.com slash BobSeskaShow. Take your pick. Bookmark it. Send it to all your friends. And we thank you in advance. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. 
Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Bob Seska! Oh, yeah, brand new to the show. This is a great Vixen Noir single called Passion. Right now, description, link in, click it, buy everything by Vixen Noir. So, in my butchered backwards Yoda English, there, I uh, meant to say link in the description <laughs> to support Vixen Noir. Oh my God, I just received her submission a couple of days ago. And she is connected to uh, King Cyborg, who we premiered last week. And I, I got to get King Cyborg on the Wednesday interview show because she has an amazing story to tell. And so uh, we're working on that right now. And I look forward uh, to that. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, Vixen Noir is going to be working on a project with King Cyborg. Cyborg, bobseska.com slash music to submit your work to the show, and we thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, speaking of music, um, I didn't watch the Grammys because I and never... Nor, nor did I, right. I never we're, watched we're the Grammys. Yeah. Well, it's, you know what, Buzz? It's a couple of things. It's one, I'm old, and my mm-hmm. taste in music is likewise old. Right. Well, you were never a pop guy to begin with. Uh, well, actually, I, I, I was. Yeah. You know. I mean, I, I think a little bit. I, I was certainly, like, the first two, three years of high school, I was really a pop guy. <laughs> and then I became a, a heavy metal guy. And then I became a prog rock guy. Uh-huh. And then I became, like, an alternative music guy so that's been sort of my evolution and i've carried all those musical styles with me i've got a lot of pop music in my itunes Uh, obviously now my loyalties are with independent recording artists like vixen noir of course yeah and uh the great freak bass and and michael mcdermott and bob malone and god i I could do this all day Um, yeah so when i watch the grammys what happens is i just get sad and disappointed because (laughs) 
I believe that these recording artists that we feature on the show should be receiving that level of adulation and recognition and fame and fortune and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. It motivates me to get the word out about these recording artists, but at the same time, when I see what is uh, populating uh, mainstream music these days with... uh, God, the aforementioned AI and auto-tune and all the rest of it. I just go, <sighs> so I typically, and it was something that started back when I was in college. You know, because you get into college and you become super arrogant about your favorite music, and I certainly was, and that's when my sort of I'm not watching the Grammys boycott began. But regardless, this is all leading up to this great song by Sam Smith and Kim Petras. All that yes. <laughs> said, Buzz, This song, Unholy, is genuinely a good song, and Sam Smith performed this uh, with Kim Petras wearing, like, I wouldn't say it was devil costumes. They were just mainly red. He had a a red top hat that had devil horns on it. Okay. And it's a song that's not about Satanism or the devil or hell or anything like that. It's about adultery. And Donald Trump should know a thing or two about (laughs) adultery. I hear he does. Yes, that's what I'm told. More money paid to Stormy Daniels than paid in federal income taxes a couple of years there. There are receipts. Yeah, and so the Republicans are losing their minds over this. Like, oh my God, I can't believe these devil-worshipping pop artists who uh, performed this. Oh, what what are we going to do about the children? It was like the Janet Jackson nipple slip all over again, and I'm sure you remember that quite well. Very, very well. It changed radio careers. It Yeah, it changed radio, period. Oh my mm-hmm. God, the outrage about seeing a a woman's nipple suddenly on the Super Bowl. It was like uh, Janet Jackson uh, ignited like a dirty bomb in the middle of the Super Bowl. How could she? How could she do this? Oh, God, this country God. needs to grow up. Yes, no shit. So, for example, Ted Cruz said, this dot 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 is dot 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 evil. Then uh, political podcaster Red Hat Liz Wheeler said, don't fight the culture wars, they say. Meanwhile, demons, oh God, talk about an overreaction. Mm -hmm. Demons are teaching your kids to worship Satan. I could throw up. No, they're actually not. It was like, God, I was rocketed right back to the late 1980s and the PMRC and those hearings up on the Hill. I wouldn't where, be surprised. <clears throat> there could be hearings again. Both Democrats and Republicans were concerned trolling about uh, Twisted Sister lyrics and Ozzy Osbourne lyrics. And it took Dee Snyder and fucking Frank Zappa to go up on the Hill and to set them straight and to say, this is what this is all about, you fucking whiny diaper babies. But we're back right at that level again. Matt Walsh said, it's not surprising to see huh, a satanic ritual at the Grammys. Mm-hmm. Satanism is the worship of the self. I thought it was the worship of Satan. I'm confused. But, <laughs> I am confused too. Much of modern pop music is satanic in this sense. Leftism is Satanism. The only change is that now they're being more explicit about it. Leftism is Satanism. You see what he's trying to equate there. 
Yep, this is uh, Alex Jones. This is the Alex Jonesification of the Republican Party because he's constantly screaming about goblins and Satanism and Satan worshipers. I mean, this is a, a fully 1,000% Alex Jones kind of attack. Walsh added, theological Satanism is not very common, but the worship of the self, which we might call secular Satanism. Uh, no, don't do that to the English language what we might call secular Satan is the predominant religion in our, our culture. No, it's not. No, no Christianity. Okay. And most of the art we produce is meant to preach this gospel. I know we on the right probably use the word satanic too often. Oh, you think, <laughs> but this performance from Sam Smith is literally a tribute to Satan. Well, guess what? These fucking assholes are making sure that Smith and Petra sell a million, billion, gazillion copies, 11 billion copies of this single. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Which, thank you, thank you, Red Hats. <sighs> for, for decades, Republicans have uh, garnered votes uh, by manipulating people. Yeah. Uh, maybe not the best educated people in many cases. But they've been garnering votes by by presenting to people these social challenges, and they, and it started with uh, Christian conservatives, you know, and and yeah. as you can see today, uh, this uh, radical Christianity has has reared its head again. Yeah. Uh, but but throughout these recent decades, uh, because that was their that was their magic key to winning, mm -hmm. Republicans focused on on these so called social warfare arguments, uh, which allowed them to distract from all the other crooked stuff they're doing yeah oh my god uh this is <laughs> this is one of the dumbest things that, that's come along but completely not surprising if you want to practice your religion privately whether it's in your own home in your own head however you want to practice your religion that doesn't intrude on the public square have at it. I will never, ever ridicule you for that. But when it comes to proselytizing uh, in public and codifying your religious dogma into secular law, which invariably tramples civil liberties, it tramples art, music, culture. It has trampled lives throughout yes. history. Religious theocracy throughout human civilization has destroyed societies. You cannot find one thriving democratic or democratic-ish uh, society or government that is theocratic. If you look back through the history of human civilization, you will find one civilization after another collapsing under the unwieldy girth of religious theocracy. And so that's just, a, just setting that all up. Um, anyone who is above the age of six years old and who still believes in the existence of Satan living under the crust of the earth and presiding over this realm of torture and pain. It's one of those things where, yes, I get it when it comes to teaching six-year-olds about morality, mm -hmm. but for grown-ups, if you actually think that there is a person named the devil, then are you also concerned about goblins and orcs? That's the question. I, you know, I, I believe to a, to a large extent, uh, humans, uh, most humans, are, are born with an understanding of right and wrong. I think you know it's not right to kill somebody. You know, yeah. you you know when you do something, whether it's right or not, for the most part, that doesn't mean it doesn't have to be taught. It certainly can be, but it doesn't have to be in a religious 
uh, package uh, that, yeah. that, that these concepts are presented. These are important concepts. I don't dispute them at all. If somebody says, uh, I, I'm praying for you or God bless you to me, I, I thank them. Yeah. Uh, even if I don't believe what they believe because they're sending good vibes. How can I hate that? Mm -hmm. You know? So, yeah, no, I have no animosity toward no. uh, religion uh, except when it intrudes on people's lives. That's exactly right. Religion should be a private thing. It should be between you and your God and not between you, your God, and your government. That's not how it's meant to work, at least not in the United States, where we have a wall of separation between church and state. This is well-worn territory. I don't need to go over it again, but that's the way things work here. And I think much of the animosity toward religion stems out of that proselytizing, stems out of that mm -hmm. sort of missionary aspect where it's not just enough for you to believe in certain things and have a moral compass along those lines. You have to foist it upon other people who you are judging as being, and by the way, God has some things to say about judging in the Bible. Um, yeah. Yeah. You are judging people, and then you wonder why, wow, why are they bristling at this? Why do, why do they hate my religion? Why? Well, because you're, you're forcing it on people. Stop doing that. And so that all is a long way around to say, no, the song, it's not satanic. Pop music isn't, music isn't satanic, except when it is. Norwegian, what is it, Norwegian death metal or whatever. That, that gets into the realm of uh, some Satanism, but it's funny. To me, that shit is funny <laughs> as fuck. Because, again, yeah. they're, they're worshiping an invisible man with devil horns called right. Satan that lives under the earth and yada, yada, yada. It's just hilarious to me. It's like when I see an Iron Maiden album cover, it's not only cool and well executed from a craftsmanship point of view, mm -hmm. but it's also a little bit funny because you've got this demon and it's, it's doing fantasy. St stupid it's shit. Fantasy. Yes, it's fantasy. It's, exactly it's right. Fantasy. Thank it's you. like putting a dragon on the cover. You know, you can, you're allowed to put a dragon on the cover. That doesn't mean you worship dragons. Yeah. It's art. It's just art. Uh, take a chill pill. So Kevin McCarthy accidentally blamed Donald Trump for out-of-control spending. Just to, to give you a whiplash segue right there. Uh, he said in a, one of his little public videos, he said, thanks to four years of runaway spending by the Democrats. For, remember, four years of runaway spending uh -huh. by Democrats. Uh -huh. We're only two years into the Biden administration. Right. They increased annual discretionary spending by $400 billion. That's a 30% increase in just four years. They took our nation's credit cards, spent like crazy, and left us in a deep debt. But not once did they seek or accept any responsibility, McCarthy said. So a couple things about this. Thanks for the pandemic help. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. Well, in, in, it turns out that Joe Biden reduced the federal budget deficit yes. by half. Yes. Dropped it down to $1.4 and continuing to drop. And Donald Trump did preside over a 30% increase in the national debt mm -hmm. because of that tax reform bill. Also true. Yes. To gigantic tax breaks for the wealthiest people. Now, Kevin McCarthy wants poor and middle-class Americans to pay for it through, like, draconian spending cuts that are right. nothing but punitive. So um, the thing that jumped out about this to me, though, is when he said four years of runaway spending. Two of those years were when Donald Trump was president and... Shocker, I know it's difficult for Republicans to understand a schoolhouse rock cartoon, <laughs> but in order for spending to become law, it has to be signed by the president. The House of Representatives right. cannot unilaterally pass spending legislation. Right. 
And for a bunch of those years, yeah, uh, Democrats were in control of the House of Representatives, but Donald Trump was president. So Donald Trump, the buck stops with him. He Mm -hmm. put his jagged, weirdo, Sharpie signature on all of that legislation and then showed it off like a big boy. That was him, <laughs> not yeah. the Democrats in Congress. I mean, certainly they handed him some of that spending. The the tax breaks for the rich yeah. are what uh, put us in the economic situation we're in. It's not a, it's a you know, we can handle it. But uh, if you want to talk about who's to blame yeah. and what's to blame, that's it. Well, what the Democrats do, because as we've been saying, they are the grownups in the room. When they pass spending legislation, they also include legislation to pay for that spending to cover it, whether it's a tax Uh increase. You know, there were tax increases uh, for rich people in the Inflation Reduction Act, Mm -hmm. as we were talking about before. These are things that the Democrats always do. They spend responsibly. That's why Joe Biden has presided over a 50% decrease in the budget deficit, because they do the responsible thing, right? Right. So, uh, and that's just a little taste of, uh, I think, the coverage on this show as we move forward in time closer and closer to June when uh, the debt ceiling hits the fan, so to speak. And and to the shadow docket where we talk about uh, the media and America's reaction to these financial developments. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting shadow docket for sure. I try not to be too Debbie Downer about the shit. Uh, too, try not to deliver too much tough love. But it, sometimes these things are disturbing. and that's, I gotta, that's what I'm bringing. That's what yeah, I'm bringing today yeah. is tough love. Good, good. Then we'll both do that. Um, meantime, Trump said he would have ended the Ukraine invasion within 24 hours. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. Yeah. If I were president, the Russia-Ukraine war would never have happened. Never in a million years. But even now, if I were president, I'd be able to negotiate an end to this horrible and rapidly escalating war within 24 hours. Yeah, and you know what, Donald? If I were president, I'd solve the invasion within 12 hours. So neener, neener, neener. Yeah. And you know what else? I'd give everyone jetpacks made of beef. (laughs) If I were president. I know they don't exist. No one's invented them yet, but there they go. Yeah. And so that's what I would do if I were president. See how that works? You know, if you imagineer things, then you can say whatever you want about (laughs) what happens in your imagination. That's why they call it imagination. Uh, But yeah, anything goes when you're not the president talking about what it would be like if you were the president. If If only he hadn't been soundly defeated in the election. If only he hadn't been soundly defeated in the election, then he might have had a chance to do that yes within 24 hours well you know or what not i'd solve it in 24 minutes so fuck you <laughs> god damn so uh mark pomerant says that donald trump is absolutely guilty of financial crimes we're going to talk about yeah. this and an interesting tidbit he revealed regarding donald trump's mental state and discussions that were being had yeah inside the da's office in manhattan regarding that as as being a, a possible fly in the ointment. Like, uh, how do we prosecute yeah. someone who is clinically insane, who doesn't know the difference between fact and fiction? You know, I, well, this is dangerous territory to me. Um, uh, you know, it, there's a, the controversy over Mark Pomerant's book is that he has perhaps revealed some investigative techniques and uh, some some of the thinking behind the, the prosecutor's work. 
uh, that that could squirrel the work, that could could ruin the investigation or at least damage the investigation that Alvin Bragg is now uh, well into, uh, apparently ready to to actually file charges yep. now uh, against Donald Trump, criminal charges. Uh, and, and we're hoping that uh, Pomerantz hasn't screwed the pooch here by revealing too much. And and when it comes to Trump being insane, see, I you know I I wish he hadn't published that from the standpoint of, uh, I, I don't want to give the Trump defense any ideas here. I don't know if that's occurred to them at any point. I, I know Trump wouldn't stand for it, uh, you know, so I, I don't know. But it, 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 I will grant that uh, Trump's condition is a mental illness, but I, I, I declare him sane. I think he knows what he's doing. He's mentally ill, granted. I'll accept that, absolutely. Yeah. But I, that does not absolve him of responsibility here. Uh, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, he knee-jerks into his lies. I don't right. think he's lying because he doesn't have any perception of what's real and what's not. Right. I think he just, that's the way he operates. Well, we need if to remain clear on that because I don't want that to be an escape hatch. Yeah, no, him. absolutely fucking not. I mean, they would need to, and, and that's one of the reasons why I haven't gone down that road. First of all, because I'm not a psychologist. You know, I think uh, just as an amateur psychologist, I mean, I think any of us uh, who have a, a, any basic or even tertiary uh, understanding of psychology, I think it's fair to label him a sociopath. Yeah. I think it's fair to label him a narcissist. These are psychological terms, and I don't think we're stepping out of bounds by using them because it's very clear to everyone that these things are true. So there yeah. doesn't need to be doesn't mean to, but but that doesn't make him insane. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I, I think he is a, uh, a sociopath. I think that is very very clear. So in that sense, yeah, I'm, we're, we're you don't have to have it. a you don't have to have a doctorate to to see that. That's pretty plain. <laughs> I mean, um, you, you, most of us know would know like measles or something if we saw it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and it's certain things we know, and and uh, we can take comfort in the fact that we know these things uh, and be confident in that knowledge uh, without. Uh, pretending to be a doctor well let's uh take a short break and then when we come back we'll get into uh the <laughs> the mark pomerantz book and what he said about donald trump's mental state all of that and more still on the show today back after these words that's not just the sound of that first sip of morning joe it's the sound of someone shopping for a car on carvana from the comfort of home that's a good blend it's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Seska plays more music
us a brand new single here uh, from. Well, let me see how how I can best describe this uh, this uh, this project. So they're they're now called Sub Red Lux. The song is called Everlasting Love. But I think you know Sub Red Lux by their previous names. Yes. It was the uh, previously the Paul Madden Band. Which was previously known as, well, uh, the other project that preceded it was called Elijah Bone. And we all know Elijah ah, Bone here oh, on the show. Well, yes, of course. Yeah, well, this is the great Dave Barrett on vocals and uh, Paul Madden on guitar. And so they continue to evolve their project from the Paul Madden band now to Sub Red Lux, right? That's all one word, Sub Red Lux, capital R, capital L in there. And uh, this track, Everlasting Love, which I think... I, I don't think this is a world premiere on this show. I think it's been played elsewhere well, before. Let's say it is. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a world premiere. Okay, there, yes. Now it's official. We'll pretend. We'll make believe that it is. But uh, Dave Barrett's one of the best, one of the best of the best from our indie music lineup. Very And uh, link in the description to support this here song. Okay. So we were talking about Mark Pomerant saying uh, mm. that Donald Trump is absolutely guilty of financial crimes. Yes. This is very clear based on the evidence that he saw in the DA's office. And uh, one of the reasons why he resigned uh, because it wasn't being adequately prosecuted. In fact, it appeared as though Alvin Bragg was walking away from the whole thing. But now. Yeah, it's, it looked like he was killing it. But now yeah. we find out he really just sort of shifted the direction of it a bit. So on uh, 60 Minutes the other night, Mark Pomerantz mm -hmm. said if you take the exact same conduct, and make it not about Donald Trump and not about a former president of the United States, would the case have been indicted? It would have been indicted in a flat second, he said. Now, bear in mind, what he's talking about here is inflating assets for the purposes of getting loans, lowering his, uh, his total net worth, lowering the, the value of his assets for things like tax documents and right. so on. Tax fraud, bank fraud. Yeah, it continues to be based on Michael Cohen's allegations from his House testimony. So then Bill Whitaker said, you said in your resignation letter that Bragg's decision amounted to a grave failure of justice. And Mark Pomerantz said, yes. And then Whitaker said, you still believe that? And Pomerantz said, yeah, yeah, I still believe it. And then Whitaker said, but don't prosecutors often disagree with decisions made by their bosses? I mean, w what makes this different? And then Pomerantz said, given all the evidence that we had, nobody said, hey, the guy's not guilty. So it looks like, according to Pomerantz at least, that he's absolutely fucking guilty. And the extenuating circumstances of all of this is he's, they were also concerned that Donald Trump was not fit to uh, stand trial. Was Donald Trump from mm. suffering from some sort of mental condition that made it impossible for him to distinguish between fact and fiction? Mark Pomerantz writes in People versus Donald Trump. Uh, Pomerantz, who joined the Manhattan District Attorney's Office in early 2021, revealed that lawyers, quote, discussed whether Trump had been spewing bullshit for so many years about so many things that he could no longer process the difference between bullshit and reality. To rebut the claim that Trump believed his own hype, we would have to show and stress that Donald Trump was not legally insane. Right. That's a fascinating aspect of the prosecution. And if we see <laughs> yeah. if we see an indictment, we're get, we're going to get probably experts, psychology witnesses 
testifying to Donald Trump's mental imagine, fitness. Imagine, if you will, being a prosecutor and having to prove that Donald Trump is sane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, and again, it, it's just a matter of determining what's driving his I, I don't, disconnection I don't with so, reality. I, I, think I, don't think, I think it's a matter of him just covering his own ass, and I think that's what I, it's always been. We, we have testimony from the January 6th investigation that uh, clearly firms up that Donald Trump knew he had lost, for example, and yeah. yet continued, he knew he'd lost, continued to tell the lie. That's not insanity. That's knowing you didn't win and saying you won anyway. Uh, that's crazy behavior, but it's not the definition of insanity. He has an extreme case of toxic positivity. Now, you said, well, the word positivity sounds like it's something positive and something that's a, a, a nice character trait to have. Well, in this case, no, absolutely not. And I think everyone knows what I'm talking about here. It's the toxic positivity manifests yes. itself in Donald Trump saying, I'm the greatest. I could solve I this problem in 24 hours if I was president. That's what I'm talking about. That I won this election. I didn't lose. It's impossible for me to ever lose. I'm the winner, I'm the best, I have the biggest, you've heard it all, and that's what that is. That's what toxic positivity is. He He's so positive about himself that uh, it's it's toxic to the people around him. Exactly. So that's what I think sometimes gets defined as having some sort of disconnect from reality, when in fact it is a disconnect from reality, but it's part of his... Uh, his overall mindset, his worldview, his ego, his brittle insecurities. That's where that comes from. His brand, quite honestly. When he talks like that, I think it's more of a business decision than anything else. And remember, everything about Donald Trump plays into his brand. There's no one who amplifies his own brand more than Donald Trump. Like <laughs> every, his own horn, as it were, yeah. Yeah, but everything about him is part of that brand. His right. stupid hair helmet, his misshapen suits, the orange <laughs> face makeup, the kabuki makeup, the, the hand gestures, the, the figures of speech that he uses. It's all part of this Donald Trump persona, which is exactly what the Trump organization sells. That's the whole driving element. If it wasn't for Donald Trump himself, there would be no Trump organization because what people are buying when they slap the name Trump on their building that they build, that he doesn't build, what they're doing is they're buying everything about Donald Trump. I am the greatest. I am the richest. Everything is the best. The whole Taj Mahal business with the crystal chandeliers and mm-hmm. all of the bogus nouveau riche gold-plated toilets. And that's all part of the Trump brand. And he can't abandon that. Otherwise, he'd be abandoning his business empire right. that circulates around that whole thing. So what we see, I think, as mental illness. Now, certainly there's a lot of sociopathy there. I don't think mm-hmm. he has any emotional regard for anyone else around him no, but no himself. No guilt, no regrets. No Ex- guilt, no regrets. Yeah. Exactly. But beyond that, it's all the Trump brand. I mean, that's just my theory. I'm sure there are many yeah. differing opinions on I, this, but yeah. I, well, like I said, I wish Pomerantz hadn't brought the sanity thing up, but but I really don't think it's going to be an issue. I think there's enough 
testimony and enough, uh, enough evidence that he he knows the difference between uh, fact and fiction. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's been demonstrated in what he has said versus what he has done. Uh, and that can be easily proved in court, perhaps without the assistance of uh, psychological or psychiatric uh, witnesses. So uh, Tucker Carlson was on his show last night and... You know, I had the audio for this, and I've lost it. I don't know where the audio is for oh, this man. clip. But suffice to say, I'm now saving you. My incompetence when it came to this audio clip is saving <laughs> you from having to listen to a Tucker Carlson Yay. thing. That's the silver your subconscious, lining. Your subconscious knew what was best. <laughs> yes, I made a clip. I think Asen has it on his Twitter. I, I don't remember for sure. But he was saying on his show last night, cutting to the chase, he's pissed off that... Uh, Joe Biden has appointed far more black women to the federal bench than white men. I think he said something to the effect of 46 black women have been appointed to the federal bench and only five white men have been appointed by uh, Joe Biden. And that's wrong, he said. And that's that's illegal. That's Jeez. racially discriminating against what, white people. What, what is it about that he doesn't like? Yeah. I, let me think. I know. Well, he said, uh, this does not look like America. Because America isn't 46%, or whatever he was, whatever way he was spinning the statistics. Mm -hmm. 46 uh, black women appointed to the federal bench. That's not America. That's not what America looks like. Well, yes, if you're talking to your fucking dummy listeners, your dummy viewers who believe your whiny diaper baby <laughs> giggling you, and memes. If, if you want to see what America looks like, look at the number of white male judges compared to the total number of black female judges. Yes. That's what America <laughs> claims to look like but doesn't really. So here are the numbers. There are over 16,000 judges currently employed in the United States. Oh, good. You have this. 49.7% of all judges are women, while 50.3% are men. But guess okay. what? The actual demographics are opposite of that. There are more women than men in the United States. Well, there, there's one strike against Tucker. The mm -hmm. average age of an employed judge is 46 years old. The most common ethnicity of judges is white 75.7 percent of all judges oh, yeah. are white followed sure. by hispanic or latino 7.7 percent that's a huge drop off asian 6.4 percent and black or african-american 5.5 percent and that's completely underrepresenting the black population in this country, which is closer Absolutely. to 13%, by the that's way. The, that's the true picture, not yeah, the one that yeah. Tucker Carlson, of course, paints. And by the way, the 13% number is disputed in some arenas. So it could be more, it could be less. But around 13% of the American population is black. But only 5.5% of federal judges are black. So that's a problem. So what Joe Biden is doing is balancing out the scales a little bit which I think is important. Also, he's choosing black women who are fucking qualified for the job. Katanji right. Brown-Jackson being the best example of that. So there are the numbers, and bite me, Tucker. Okay, uh, a couple last things before we wrap up. First of all, mm -hmm. recessions, schmacession, which I still have trouble saying. I, I, I come up with these zingers, Buzz, on Twitter, and then <laughs> yeah. I have to go say them on, on the show. Yeah, no, they're not pronounceable, are they? Recession, schmacession. There you go. Huge job numbers announced on Friday. The lowest uh -huh. unemployment in 53 years. The last wow. time unemployment was this low, Buzz? Yes. The Beatles' Get Back was number one on the charts. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big deal. 
Total wow. non-farm payroll employment rose by 517,000 in January, and the unemployment rate changed little at 3.4%. What was the forecasted number? The estimates were like at uh, 187,000 or something. Correct. That, that was the estimate, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just, I can't believe no, that I remembered is, that. You remembered correctly. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely correct. Yeah. So that completely trounced the estimates. And yet, as we're going to find out in the uh, shadow docket, meh. Yeah. <laughs> that's and the reaction. That's, that's also just the tip of the good news, and we'll have more of that in the shadow docket yeah. as well. So come on around. Yeah, it's like uh, the old James Carville thing. What are you more upset about, the peace or the prosperity? Yeah, there you go. And I think that says everything we need to say, but we're still going to talk both. about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not all we have to say about this. Oh, no. At least for now. What are you more upset about, the peace or prosperity? I mentioned this on uh, Carl Frisch's campaign kickoff for school board, by the way. Right. Yeah. Make sure to support Carl Frisch. He's running for re-election of the school board in Fairfax County, Virginia. My old town. Yes, I'm a product, for better or worse, of Fairfax County Schools, the public school system there. And I don't know what that says about Fairfax County Public Schools, but... Uh, you be the I, judge. I, I just lived and worked there. <laughs> yes, but for the first time in forever, like at least in the last 20 years, we're no longer deeply ensconced in a, a fighting war overseas, at least with our right. troops on the ground. Right. Uh, and your peace. the economy continues to boom. There's peace and prosperity. Right. Boom. But for some reason, the word's not getting out. And I don't know why. I mean, I we'll have some ideas. About, yeah. We'll talk about that, yeah. Yeah, some tough love coming up here on the Shatter Docket. That's our bonus content that we're presenting on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Show. We do it every Tuesday and Thursday. And by the way, tomorrow I've got Christopher Boozy from Spoutable oh, on the Wednesday interview show. Yeah, looking forward to that. Put put in a word for me, will you? Yeah, he hasn't confirmed, <laughs> he hasn't confirmed yet, and he's su- uh, super busy. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know he's busy. A lot of heavy lifting involved with starting one of these I know, things. He's doing a great job, though. Yeah, I mean, as a guy with a limited staff and uh, basically doing it all himself up to this point, I give him a lot of credit, man. They're I mean, rocking it, yeah. By the way, uh, just to add that if you're having trouble getting on Spoutable, uh-huh. I'm not tech support. <laughs> I don't. First of all, <laughs> if I were tech support, thank God I'm not because I don't know yeah. what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to this stuff. So if you're having trouble getting on Spoutable, you can always tag Christopher Boozy or do the hashtag Spoutable with your screen grabs of 404 errors or what they are, whatever they are, server not available. Do that. Don't talk to me. Don't give me your problems. God damn it. All right. Uh, Christopher Boozy tomorrow. Yay. And uh, you can follow Buzz Burbank. Where, where, how can people follow you on Spoutable? Is it? I, I'm on Spoutable. Yeah. I, it's at Buzz Burbank. It says Michael J. Elston at Buzz Burbank. So whichever one of those will find me, use that. 